Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, happy Friday, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's Talksport Daily podcast with me, your host with the most, well, the least smell and taste. I still can't smell or taste anything. It's quite bizarre, actually. Uh, I won't bore you with it, but needless to say, it's totally irrelevant. In fact, I had a sausage sandwich today or yesterday now, and I thought I'll test just how bad my sense of taste and smell are, or is, is, are, is, are, doesn't matter. And I covered my sausage sandwich in mint sauce, just covered it, literally, just submerged it, drowned it, couldn't taste anything. Very strange, very bizarre. Anyway, I'm sure that will go, and in the meantime, let me tell you about a great podcast coming your way. And it begins with the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show, and finally, some good news in the world. Yep, Max Rushton not doing the show. It was Alan Brazil. Hurrah, yes. Happy days. Big Al, back in the hot seat. He was alongside Jamie O'Hara. They had Joe Cole on the show. He was talking about his donation to help the Heroes NHS charity money that's donated is fundraising goes straight to the front line for things that are actually tangible that, that, that these workers in the NHS need like um, you know for instance we, we, make, we put businesses together so Estee Lauder managed to donate 500 masks that went yeah. straight there yeah. to the nurses um, we had uh, Chili Bees Catering that made hundreds of meals for the NHS staff I mean because of the cutbacks over the years some of the, some of the hospitals haven't got you know place for them to go and have a coffee or a sandwich after you know when they need to reset after seeing what they've seen because it's you know you're hearing all the stories as they're coming out so i think what's great about this initiative is any money that's donated or any business, small businesses that want to get involved we we're the hub that puts them together and makes it happen so it goes straight to the front Time now to head over to Drive Time with Adrian Durham and Darren Goff, and they were joined by the legendary British and Irish Lions head coach, Sir Ian McGeegan, to look back at the incredible 1997 tour of South Africa. Sir Ian started off by discussing how he came up with that incredible speech. We've proved that the lion has claws and has teeth. We've wounded a springbok. When an animal is wounded, it returns in frenzy. It doesn't think. It fights for its very existence. The lion waits, and at the right point, 
it goes for the jugular and the life disappears. Today, every second of that game, we've talked about what they're going to do or everybody else has, we go for the jugular. Go out, enjoy it, remember how you've got here and why, and finish it off and be special for the rest of your lives. Good luck. Go for it. I think I, I was fortunate that as a player, uh, I went to South Africa uh, on the 74 Lions Tour and actually grew on it, I think, as a player. And I remembered that and, and the impact that that tour had on me as a person as well as a player. Um, and I think you do build sort of special relationships on the field under pressure. Uh, and I was trying really to um, to explain that and say that uh, Darren knows in test matches and things, when you get it right, you do get a really special feeling about it. Now Dawson gets it back to Guscott, and Guscott kicks a drop, and the Lions are in the lead. Jeremy Guscott, all the experience in the world, and he's put the Lions in the lead. I mean, what about the, the Guscott uh, drop goal? Because that was... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was just... I mean, as far as drama going um, level going into the last minute I mean that must have been the ultimate because she knew at that point that's it we've won it won the series <laughs> yeah I mean I mean brilliant I mean again you know Jerry's one of my favourite Lions we we got on really well and you know to have that composure and again interestingly the lead up to that again Gregor Townsend takes the ball in again because it's not quite right it doesn't let it go and he he takes a really hard line uh, at the South African defence and gets across the game line to create a really good ball for Matt Dawson to give to to Jerry and and uh, you know when it went over you're thinking crikey they're there they've they've done it with I think there was about two minutes left on the clock I think the referee ended up playing about four but uh, um, you know we knew then as if we could keep our composure that uh, and and stay out of our own 22 don't give South Africa any way in that uh, you know there was the winning of the series and it was a tremendous moment and Jim and I still talk about just the feeling of looking at each other when the final whistle went and thinking crikey some achievement now my sport in life returns this Sunday from 8 p.m. of course that's an hour before I will be back on the airways from 9 p.m. with the Trans Europe Express although there's Nothing really European happening in the footballing world, but we'll do other stuff, no doubt. Anyway, my sporting life on Sunday from 8 is with Sir Andrew Strauss. He's in conversation with Mark Saggers. It's a fascinating 60-minute show. And in it, the former England captain opens up about his career, the highs and the lows, as well as those he played alongside, including Kevin Peterson. Outrageous talent. By far the most talented cricket I ever played with. I think for large... Large proportions of our time together, Kevin and I got on pretty well. You know, we had that sort of you know, South African roots and and a respect for each other because we kind of came into the team at the same time. Without trying to generalise too much, South Africans can be quite spiky at times and whatever. So I, I sort of gave him quite a lot of latitude. And I, I definitely as captain, I felt it was really important that we didn't try and sort of straight jacket him. Like he had to, we had to give him the the excuse to go out and play his way even though that was difficult sometimes because he'd play outrageous shots at the wrong time you're like what are you doing but that was how he got so many runs in the first place so you know I, I think I was very conscious and especially because I took over as captain when he'd sort of been removed as captain and exactly. so I was conscious of that relationship and 
you know, by and large, I think he dealt with that exceptionally well. Um, but it, look, it did come to a head at the end, and you know, there were all sorts of issues at play, and you know, Kevin had fallen out with the ECB over the IPL, and he wasn't happy in the team, and he went too far. You know, I'm not going to make excuses for him. He went too far, and he did things that I didn't feel well. They were definitely weren't in the interest of the team, in my opinion, and so. You know, I called him out on it, and and that was the sort of the deterioration of the relationship for a period of time. And more from Andrew Strauss this Sunday at 8pm on TalkSport as my sporting life makes a welcome return. Now, the former Wales winger Craig Bellamy, who now manages the Anderlecht under-21s, has been talking fitness classes on a video call with Jim, Natalie and Gary O'Neill. I don't know why I'm telling you it's a video call because I mean it makes no difference to you it's on the radio it's just a call you'll hear audio unless you've got some kind of podcast thing going on where you can see stuff we're not even uploading i.e. in this case a video call I don't know why I've even been instructed to tell you he was on a video call just it was an audio call with words coming out of his mouth and into your ears here's your proof so we're having conference calls every day and anyone who knows Vincent and every day I mean every day he likes to hold meetings every day, and that's what we're doing. It's just updates. But we're also, a lot of the players, their programs from the first team, from the 21s, where they're doing daily sessions on Zoom, so they all have to tune in. Fitness coaches doing it with them, so he gets to see everyone doing their exercises. So it's another way of being able to keep a check on everyone. They use Strava as well, so if they go out on a run, they have to put their data into, into Strava, so we all get to look at what they're doing daily routines. So that's worked quite well. But if, listen, none of it's ideal, but this is a serious virus. So the health and safety of, you know, just not just the players, their families, is paramount. So we have to um, do as best as we can. Peter Schmeichel was also on TalkSport over the last 24 hours, and he was remembering Denmark's 1992 Euro win, and also saying that Yugoslavia were always in their thoughts as they were playing for them as well. It was so, so unexpected. It came, and it was so quick. Everything was so quick as well. Uh, we we had, I, I, came, I came back, I just finished my first season at, at uh, Manchester United, and we lost the championship in the last two weeks. And I was really disappointed, very, very, I just, I mean, I couldn't, just couldn't face football. But we had, uh, we had the, Russia's last game before they went to Sweden. We had that in Copenhagen. So we, I mean, our season finished like three weeks before that game. So every day we had to come in for training, um, uh, not not staying in camp, but just coming in as normal for training in Bromby. And it was really, and then this rumor started to sort of uh, fly around that Yugoslavia might be excluded from everything in the world, really everything. And that included sports. So maybe Yugoslavia weren't going. And if they weren't going, we were then going because we were runners up in the group. And that started out as a rumor and it was something that you kind of didn't wish for and then you wished for it anyway, but you didn't want it. Honestly, you didn't want to get in the tournament like that. And then we were in. <laughs> it happened. And, and, and it was really crazy because our, our kit supplier, <laughs> uh, which was Hummel at the time, didn't even have any kit for us. So we, act, we played the first game against England we played in the under-21s kit. So if we all looked a little bit fat and came, like we'd just come off the beach, that was it. 
the kit was too small. <laughs> then we had our proper kit for the second game. But it was just so quick, everything. And then suddenly we were back in Copenhagen and we were bringing the trophy uh, for everyone to see. It was it was an amazing time. It was a very uh, it was a very sad time as well. Um, and, and and at no point every single day we were thinking about people in in, in Yugoslavia. And it was kind of, it was part of a very big part of our motivation as well. Um, so we played for two nations there, and it was just it was just. You know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's something that goes into the uh, the record books as as a Danish win, and that's something which, of course, I'm very very proud of, and something that I, you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's so difficult to achieve that, and and uh, to be part of that has been incredible. You're listening to Talksport Daily. Now, Brighton have guaranteed a minimum of 1,000 tickets for frontline NHS staff to attend future matches, as have Bournemouth. And the Seagulls' chief exec, Paul Barber, has addressed the media. This was just our idea. We wanted to, to thank our NHS workers locally. We have a, a, quite a few of them that work with us match-to-match. The stadium doctor is a, a lead consultant here in the A&E department. And we've also got various members of staff who have got um, partners who work in the NHS on the front line. So we wanted to do something for us uh, locally and to say thank you and to give the guys on the front line, something to look forward to. But we thought, you know, it might be a nice idea to extend it out and other clubs might want to follow. And if they do, that's great. And if they don't, then obviously we're still going to be doing it for ourselves. Now, of course, some bad news. It was the last sports bar of the week. Mm. But fear not, because, of course, we're back on Monday. Hurrah! Yep, that's just all the news I've got for you. These were the best bits from the sports bar last night. Last one of the week. Yeah, I've just said that. I know, haven't I? Yep. Here you go. Here's your proof. Gibbo, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you two? Good, very well. Your family yeah, good? You. Everyone's safe? All, all doing okay, not seeing anyone. And Gibbo, when another you... day closer to getting back to normal. I'm sure it will be. We've got you on, of course, because there's no football. So we've got you on to talk about some great moments in football. And one of the greatest ever in the history of the FA Cup happened in 1988. And you were part of it when your side, Wimbledon, beat the mighty Liverpool. But um, when you hear the goal that we just heard, does that give you goosebumps? Does it take you back to a certain day in your life, which is probably the greatest moment in your football career? It, it does. I mean, it's one of those that every year when the FA Cup final is on, you sit there and you, they show the great moments from FA Cup history and it, it's always there. It's like whether it's the, the penalty save from Dave Besson or the goal from Laurie Sanchez. And, and I think what, what captured the imagination, or captures the imagination now, it didn't at the time, I have to be honest, is the fact that it's a, a, a remarkable story. 11 years after getting promotion to the Football League, they were then beating Liverpool, one of the biggest clubs in the world, at Wembley in the FA Cup final. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, uh, it, it makes that football club unique. You know, it was we were a team that had probably average attendance figures that year of six, 7,000. Um, the lowest budget in the, in the top division by a million miles. I was the record signing at £200,000. And we were playing against a team that had only lost two games in the league that year and run away with the league title. So they were going for the double. Now a, a lot of people look back on it with 
a, a romantic memory, but at the time I remember that we thought, personally, that the whole country wanted Liverpool to beat us because we weren't uh, universally liked by a lot of other team supporters. Uh, Gibbo, I don't know how true it is, but the night before <laughs> I'm told you were in the pub, is that right or not? It is, yes. Um, wow. We were put up in a posh hotel, Jason and I. I know it, yeah. I, think. I do, yeah. And it was nothing that we were not used to anything like that. You know, it was, we weren't used to standing that kind of luxury and the lads were misbehaving. Um, Bobby Gould was having an interview with Bob Wilson on a patio outside of where we were eating our dinner. We was on the first floor and we all leaned out the window and was chucking food out of Bobby Gould and Bob Wilson. And Gould, said, why don't you lock clear off? He was, he was worried that we were going to get into trouble in the hotel, do stuff to the rooms that we, you know, players normally did to each other during back in the, at that time. So he said, can't you all clear off up the pub or something? You just get out of the way. And the next thing you know, Alan Cork was asking Gordy to put his hand in his pocket by the first round. Let's speak to our love and online dating expert. Of course, it's virtually possible to meet someone new at the moment because we're all on lockdown. Let's Let's speak to our love and online dating expert and say hello to Erica Etting, who joins us now. Erica, good morning. Hi. Nice to talk to you. Hi, Erica. Where are you in the world? I'm guessing America somewhere. I am in America. How did you know? Uh, <laughs> I'm in Washington, D.C. Okay. And are you are you on lockdown there? Are you not allowed to go out? Not officially on lockdown, but, but all I mean, as close as you can get without being officially on lockdown. Oh, okay. So, right. Alex, please stop playing that. It's driving me mad. So, so, Erica, would I be right in saying it's virtually impossible now for anyone to meet anyone? That is true. Well, that's it for another podcasting thing. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, a reminder that you can, of course, go to Acast, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts if you want to get other downloads that are free. They cost you absolutely nothing. And let's be fair, you're probably sitting there going, no, I haven't got time. Well, you have got time. You're not going out of your house for the next three months at least. Probably not going on holiday. I'm only joking. You might go on Fingers crossed you're going on But it doesn't matter. Even if you're in your home for the next week or even two days, go to Acast, Spotify, or Apple Pods, download like previous ones we've done and they've got football on and you can sit back and go oh I remember when we had football and this happened and that happened see I'm doing you a favour now you can actually go back in time and reminisce about great moments when we had football which I'm sure gang will be not too far away football will return and of course when it does we'll start moaning about things like VAR and offside goals that were given and sendings off that should we'll just moan again that's what we're good at. We just moan. Oh, the football's bad. I can't believe that goal was given. What a way. I hate football. No, no one's ever said I hate football. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. That's the end of the podcast. A reminder that I'm back on TalkSport at 9pm on Sunday night for the Trans Europe Express, a two-hour show alongside the wonderful Andy Bressel. So make sure you join me for that. If you can't, I mean, I don't know why. What else are you doing? But if you can't, make sure you join me and Jason Cundy on Monday night from 10pm for the first sports bar of the week. That's it. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.